You're listening to the Less Stress in Life podcast. Your hosts, Deb Timmerman and Barb Fletcher, are on a mission to help individuals and organizations manage stress and change. Together, they bring you real conversations, inspirational stories, and strategies to help move you from being stressed to feeling your best. Hello, everyone. I'm Deb Timmerman. Welcome to our series of 52 Practical Tools for Less Stress in Life. This is episode 43. And I'm Barb Fletcher. Our goal is to give you tools and strategies to help you move from being stressed to feeling your best. Our guest today is Raisha Chernyshenko. I'm that's a mouthful and I'm doing my best. A certified chiat massage therapist. She's been certified since 1994 and now offers an expansive list of holistic services and family wellness classes. She encourages her clients to regularly tune into their own bodies to achieve greater well-being. Her business, Hand to Heart Being, promotes a threefold approach to health that addresses connecting through touch, ecologically conscious living, and healing practices. She feels strongly about the need to promote compassion through the healthy touch within our relationships from infancy through the senior years. Welcome, Raisa. Thank you so much, Barb and Deb. <laughs> so Raisa, can you start us off by explaining what shiatsu yeah. massage is and how it's different from other forms of massage people might be familiar with? Yes, certainly. So shiatsu is actually a Japanese word that literally translates to mean finger pressure. So there's some discussion over its true origins, but uh, it tails from Japan from uh, the past century. A gentleman by the name of uh, Namakoshi had decided that he, he wanted to help his mother in dealing with what we think probably was like a rheumatoid arthritis of some kind. And so he made a study of her uh, as he worked on her. She felt that of all of her children, his hands felt the best. And what he noticed as he was working on her was that there were some areas that felt cooler, some felt warmer, some felt more rigid. Um, and uh, so he went on to study massage therapy, but then continued to develop this shiatsu therapy, which is also based on um, a therapy that the blind had already practiced for centuries in Japan called anma, which is just a very complete knowledge of the body and a type of massage. But the main difference between what we recognize as sort of Swedish massage therapy or kind of regular massage therapy that we'd go to here is that your clothes remain on. So there are no oils needed. It's a sustained thumb pressure flowing thumb pressure along lines or what we call meridians or channels through which the body's life force or chi, as you might have heard the term chi, in Japan it's called ki. So this ki or chi is, it enervates all that moves, all life forms are innervated by a ki. So we can approach shiatsu kind of, we can explain it in Western terms in the same way as massage therapy in that it addresses, you can work with the musculoskeletal system addressing the, the beginning and ending points, what we call the origin insertion points of the muscles and um, using a sound knowledge of the anatomy of the body. Or you can take uh, more of what we call a Zen Shiatsu or um, Meridian approach, which is looking at the 
uh, channels that flow from the fingertips and toes along the limbs that then travel inward to connect with the internal organs. And that's what an acupuncturist would work with as well. This, this same kind of map of the body, but where an acupuncturist would only needle certain points along those channels. So she has a therapist tr- works the whole meridian. So we're working on as much of the body as possible in each session, having you lie on your side, your back, and um, working on your head, your arms. And again, not using oil specifically, but just sliding pressure from one point to the next. It's so interesting. I've never experienced this type of massage, what brings a client to you for this particular type of massage? How do they know that this is a good fit for them? So you have a variety of reasons. Had people who've had massage for many years try shiatsu and never go back to the regular quote unquote massage because they find that shiatsu is somehow more, not intense, but kind of reaches them on a deeper level whether it be emotionally or just more, just a more penetrating pressure. Not that it necessarily has to be really hard or anything because we really do adapt our treatment to the constitutional energy of that person, right? So kind of using the idea of yin and yang within the body, there are some areas that might feel more yin, more inward, quiet, uh, receptive, cooler, and then other areas that feel more young, which is more energetic, outward moving. So within people's bodies, certain areas might feel more yin and yang, but what feels like yang in one person's body could feel like yin in another person's body. So it's really a case of adapting your treatment to the constitutional energy of that person. So another reason people might come to me is if that they they really have issues around their body image and they really don't want to remove their clothing or perhaps mm-hmm. they're really hairy and they're just concerned that they're so hairy that their hair is going to uh, really bother the therapist's hands with the oil. So a number of reasons, yeah. We've been focusing a lot our last couple of episodes about trauma, emotions, and issues that kind of get stuck or trapped in the body mm-hmm. as energy blocks. How do you recognize these blocks? You mentioned some areas that feel cooler and warmer. Can you identify some of those blocks with shiatsu and how does it help release those? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so as we're working along the meridian or reflex areas, we are, um, we're generally going over each area three times. The first time is to assess. The second time is more to treat and the third time to reassess. But we can find blockages, the actual physical blockages um, in explained, my shiatsu master had some wonderful ways of describing some of the sensations that we find uh, or the, the ways in which blocked energy manifests in the body. In some areas, he'd say, feel that feels like piano wires or another, another area he'd say, feels like frozen pasta or, or soybeans. So um, generally, we can find areas that are commonly tense or tight or problematic in many people, especially in the neck and shoulders area because of the kinds of lifestyles that we choose now or that we lead now being on computers and things a lot. But uh, we might find other areas where people are unaware that they're holding tension and there might be a, 
an emotional association with that area. So you could be working on a certain area and it could suddenly release feelings of sadness or anxiety. So some areas might feel ticklish or just kind of, some areas might feel good, it hurts, but don't stop kind of hurt. And then other areas might feel bruised or kind of empty um, and elicit a feeling of just um, not wanting people to touch there. And I do like to also ascertain if there are any particular areas of a person's body that they don't like being touched because uh, sometimes uh, emotional trauma is hiding in those areas sometimes it could be to do with accidents or injuries or repetitive strain but other times it could be more because of emotional experiences that have just been held rigidly and guarding patterns in the body for so long so this process is it as i think about the potential of receiving those services is it an intuitive experience where you move to where you're guided perhaps to uh, apply that pressure or is there a process that people could expect uh I would say both. It kind of depends on the treatment. I do take a thorough case history of, uh, of my clients. So that can lead me in the direction of understanding what the root imbalances in Eastern terms might be, because we look in Eastern theory, when I talked about the meridians, it also ties into something called five element theory. So each of the uh, elements, fire, earth, metal, water, and wood is associated with a certain organ meridian pair, a yin-yang pair, for example, liver and gallbladder, bladder and kidney, lung and large intestine. So, um, and each of those is associated with a certain emotion too. So I can, if by taking a, a thorough picture, uh, their full case history, I can get a sense of what symptoms might point to certain organ meridian root imbalances and take that as my starting point. But I can also just look at a person's body and just by the way they're lying, the way their body presents itself, the way certain limbs are holding or being um, tension is held in the body, I can just intuitively be drawn to say, work on the head first or the feet first or the arms first. So, so is all your work in person work, Raisa, or is there some virtual work as well? For shiatsu, no, it, it has to be in person. But I have started to integrate some work into my practice. As, as you two know, being a practitioner in facial intelligence, I am interested in coaching people using that five element theory and the facial archetype work. And that could be done virtually. But for shiatsu, no, that really has to be in person. I can teach people how to work on themselves. Mm -hmm. We could, I can teach a head to toe treatment. I have done workshops showing people how to address particular common concerns or complaints, repetitive issues, or like first aid shiatsu, or just a head to toe hands on treatment. So that can be really helpful. So it just blows my mind that we talk about all these natural things. And the typical Westerner first reaches for a pill and then looks at what the root cause is maybe years later down the road. This is a totally different perspective, isn't it? You mm -hmm. carry what you manifest or what you experience in your body and the clues from our body or our face really guide the practitioner in helping us to release that root. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very much so. Uh, there's so many clues that people are, are unaware uh, that they hold with, within not only their body, just through their 
their physical type, their constitutional type, but their faces. Um, and in Eastern theory as well, if you look at acupuncture theory, they could take it, they take it a step further and, and look feel for certain pulses and look at colors in the face and the tongue and uh, different parts of the skin as well. It's so interesting. My husband and I were having a conversation about he had a number of family members pass of cancer. And so there was a strong belief that cancer for the family was absolutely hereditary. And so we had a conversation about how he was able to, he did have cancer, but he was able to thrive afterwards. And so we had a conversation about belief and what actually might be um, lurking in our bodies, those cells that go sideways that Raisa sounds like she's able to uh, apply a little pressure on and uh, let those little lads go. Yeah, because each of the each of the organ meridian systems, of course, that's the lung, large intestine, the in five element theory, theory, lung and large intestine are associated with the metal element. And that is specifically associated with uh, the emotion of grief or sorrow. So if somebody is, whether it's sorrow or anger or just overstimulation, even excess, you know, enthusiasm or joy or um, fear or worry, the dwelling in a particular emotional state creates imbalance in that organ meridian network. So Raisa, is there a frequency that um, people should have this clearing done? that you spoke of. I really don't uh, like the perspective of that we only go when we aren't feeling well. Mm-hmm. Is there some ongoing maintenance that people should do? Yeah, that's exactly been, I think for many of us in the hands-on care field is we like to liken it to your car. Ideally, your car is going to last longer if you take it in for regular checkups not just wait for things to go wrong. So shiatsu is really used best preventatively. So think of it as a tune-up for your body. So depending on, of course, your lifestyle, the amount of stress you have, what emotions you're dwelling in, whether you have had accidents or injuries or repetitive strain, that might be what brings you in initially. It might be an accident or an injury you're dealing with. Um, if it's if you're in more of an acute state, you'd want to come more frequently to begin with. I would recommend the first few appointments be ideally no more than two or three work weeks apart. Some might even say come once or come twice a week. But uh, as an ongoing maintenance, I have a number of clients. I have a number of clients who come every two weeks and then some who come once a month or every six weeks. Uh, ideally, you don't want to come wait longer than that. But I understand that, uh, that sometimes financial issues are what gets in the way the most. But as I, as I like to say, you know, people are concerned about whether they have coverage for this or that. But as I like to say, well, you don't get a receipt from your manicure for, you don't get coverage for your manicure or your hair. And uh, your body is infinitely more important than <laughs> the health of your hair. So uh, you can pay now or pay later, right? So Raisa, where do people find you? How do they connect with you? Well, I'm in Oshawa, which is um, east of Toronto, 45 minutes to an hour um, east of Toronto. And uh, um, I work out of my home clinic and my hand, my website is www.handtoheartbeing.com. You can also find me on Facebook uh, again at hand to heart being. And 
yeah, I can, there you can see on my website, the plethora of other <laughs> services that I offer. If you come in person, I also offer far infrared saunas, which are really wonderful to have before your shiatsu treatment just to really allow your body to, uh, to kind of melt into the mat. And I do also want to emphasize that I practice traditionally. That's another difference between my style of shiatsu is that I am practicing um, on a futon on the floor. If a person can no longer get down to the floor, for whatever reason, I can adapt it to a table, but it is most effective because I use my body weight in a very particular way I'm trained to use to lean into the point rather than using arm strength and uh, so I've not had shiatsu, but I have had Thai massage and they operate similarly. So mm -hmm. you're on the floor and they use their body weight. It was yeah. a wonderful experience. Honestly, don't know exactly what he did, but it was fabulous. Yeah, Thai, Thai is probably the most similar to uh, shiatsu. If you're looking for some, you know, something similar to shiatsu, that would be the closest I've experienced. There is a lot of passive stretching. I did forget to mention that within my treatments, in addition to thumb pressure and palm pressure, sometimes lower arm pressure, even occasionally I use my knees on the backs of people's legs. Um, there is a certain amount of gentle shaking and passive stretching as well. So yeah, tie is like that in that they, but they don't use as much in the way as thumb pressure, mostly palm pressure, but it is, yeah, on the floor. So Barb's in Canada. And what if we wanted to find a shiatsu practitioner close to us in the US? Where would we go to find a network of those practitioners? I believe that there still exists. I'm, I'm not a member of it, but I have heard that there's an American Association of Oriental Body Workers. Um, I think it's AOBT. Um, no, something like that. Oh, American Association of Oriental Body Workers. Of, <laughs> I can't tell you exactly what the, uh, the acronym is, but that does exist as far as I know. The um, So in uh, Canada, at least in Ontario, we have um, designation certified shiatsu therapist, which indicates someone who has 2200 hours training, which is the same amount that a, an RMT has. So it's two years, two 10 month terms. So that's the highest level of training outside of Japan, um, as far as I know. So the Shiatsu Therapy Association of Ontario is where you would look for somebody within Ontario, or there also is Shiatsu Therapy Society. Um, but I don't believe we're not a regulated profession in the way that massage therapies are. So we're self-regulated. Um, I'm not sure in the UK and places like that, there may be some associations as well, but I'm not sure to what degree they're regulated. But we are Shiatsu Therapy Association was created and generally these associations are to help protect the public so that they can assure that people are well-educated and well-trained. Mm -hmm. So we'll find the connection points for U.S. and we'll mm -hmm. put them in our show notes so that if you are um, in the U.S., you'll know where to do that. And same for in Canada. Mm -hmm. So what's our call to action today, Barb? What ha I have been awakened to is that if perhaps you've been a bit anxious about going for massage or body image was a concern, here's another option for you to try um, to see if that might be a good fit uh, to getting you on the path. And it's another tool in everybody's toolbox. So mm -hmm. make sure that you have tools in your toolbox and that you're actually taking them out and dusting them off. 
Marisa, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank we'll see you. you next time. Oh, thank you. Less stress in life is possible. If you're new to this kind of thinking and would like to explore what's possible for you, we'd love to connect. You can reach us through our website at lessstressinlife.com. That's lessstressinlife.com.